What's up, everybody? This is Leland from FBA Profits. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You're in the right place if you're interested in fulfillment by Amazon. Maybe you're thinking about just starting or you've already started out and you're new to it or you're a seasoned FBA seller. Join us each week for a variety of topics to help you profitably grow your Amazon store. Be your own boss, set your own hours, get rich quick. I'm sure you've heard this before. Nothing comes easy, but with Amazon FBA's launch, supercharge the process to grow a sustainable, scalable, and profitable FBA business right now. Get personalized one-on-one coaching, daily online arbitrage leads lists, assistance with ungating, seller central account feedback, and much more. Visit fbaprofits.us and click FBA launch to learn more. Hi, welcome to FBA Profits. My name is Leland. My name is Zuby. Big changes in the air for 2022. This just <laughs> in, unlike the news reporter. This just in, big news. Well, I, we've addressed this on our Facebook group and uh, it was in our last newsletter. If you haven't signed up for either one of those, I suggest you do it. But the big news is that fulfillment by Amazon fees starting January 18th next year are going up. Uh, the move is going to generate uh, 3.1 billion in incremental revenue for Amazon. Uh, so good motivator for up in the rates. And we can get into what those look like, you know, dollar for dollar, penny for penny. But today we're going to be talking about five very specific ways. And there's a bonus at the end, but five specific ways on how we can address these changes and be ready for them um, to continue being profitable doing fulfillment by Amazon. Yeah. And, and these five recommendations are, are sort of our um, initial reaction to exactly what we just read about uh, their fee changes this week. It's a very fresh uh, news right off the press, like you said. And uh, some, some of the fees are negligible. I mean, they're, they're expected to go up by three to five percent. But then there's a, a few fees where it's just um, it, it caught everybody off guard. Some of these, um, some of them are up to, I think you ran the numbers, like 170% was the highest uh, fee rate increase. Well, if we start breaking it down, right? So there's going to be the fees for the privilege of being, you know, selling on Amazon, right? So those are the ones that on average, it's like 5%. But if you start getting into the practice of it, right? So some of these things need to come back. There's a removal fee, there's a return fee. And that's where the numbers start to get pretty big. So if it's standard size and it's like less than uh, half a pound, that went up by 63%. By the way, that's, it's 20 cents, 32 to 52 by percentage 63 is pretty good. But as you start walking through the sizing and the weight, one oversized one pound to two pound goes up 172%. That's the Delta change. And there's interesting things when you're over two pounds on standard and more than 10 pounds, there's a quiz later, keep up on this. But (laughs) basically what I want to point out is not only is there a hundred percent plus fee increase on the base, then they factor in a new rate per pound also. So something like that looks like maybe 80% increase or 20, 100% increase, unless it's something that's particularly heavy. Then you're going to incur almost like an exponential increase of the fees to get something back to you that maybe didn't sell. Yeah. And the, I mean, if for, for my business specifically, even for our buying program uh, clients, we, we do, uh, we have a number of really heavy 
and large uh, items that we purchase uh, because they sell really well. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the caveats or one of the downfalls of them is that UPS damages them on, on because they're so heavy um, during when between when they pick it up from the warehouse to when they deliver it to Amazon or Amazon's warehouse damages them. And so in order to be able to get reimbursed for them, we used to be able to just open a case and they would reimburse us. Now it's, it's a lot of, a lot more work. And at times Amazon's actually asking us to create a removal order, get the product back here and then take pictures and submit for reimbursement. Um, and right now it's the cost is, you know, it, we don't want to do that because there's still a cost to that removal order, mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near what's going to be next year. Right. So it's uh, th those, those fees are going to really have an impact on most every seller, but especially sellers that are selling larger products, you know, furniture or, or uh, heavier products. Uh, because now if it gets damaged, um, you're pretty much, you know, you have to pay that extra fee. You have, you have to determine if the removal fee is actually going to be worth it for the reimbursement. Um, so it's, uh, it's, there's going to be a little bit of a um, definite business strategy shift. Um, and those uh, Amazon sellers that are able to uh, come up with a new strategy and, and, and pivot uh, with this news and set up their Amazon business to actually meet or exceed uh, the, the requirements that Amazon now has, then uh, will be successful. Uh, anyone that sort of goes status quo and, and everything's on autopilot and they don't they don't jump at the, at the chance of making this change, uh, they'll be in trouble come you know, a year or two years down the road because their profitability is going to take a huge hit. And, that, um, and we'll get into that. And I think that's a really good segue where we can now talk about, you know, here's, here's five very specific uh, counters or prep for this upcoming change. So yeah, strategies. Talk about number one? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is it starts with sourcing, right? So when we're sourcing uh, because of these extra fees, our, um, our field of products has now diminished. Uh, it's a lot harder to find a product at 30% or 50% ROI when we're paying a storage or uh, fees that are 5, 10, 15% higher. And then if you start factoring storage fees, which uh, we, I don't think we really mentioned, but no. um, the non-peak storage fees are also going up by about 8 to 10%. Um, the peak Per months, which is uh, October, November, December, is staying the same at 240 uh, per cubic feet. But uh, the non-peak is going up from 75 cents to 83 cents, which is about a 10% increase. Um, so, you know, eight cents doesn't sound like a lot. But when you talk about uh, a business that's growing and is sourcing and you're, you're sourcing a product that's, um, uh, you know, 10 cubic feet, well, that's... That's eight dollars or eighty cents, right? That that adds up. Everything starts adding up, and if you do a hundred of those products, that's uh, eighty dollars, and it just it adds up. Everything, uh, especially for a business where we're so dependent on uh, net margins, when you have uh, additional expenses, fixed ex expenses that get added to your uh, to your uh, income statement, it really has a major impact on your profitability. So, in order to sort of prepare for that, uh, one of our recommendations uh, would be to, when we're sourcing, um, to try to include at least a three-month storage fee estimate in your ROI calculation. Um, if you're an Inventory Lab user, Inventory Lab has a setting that you can put how many months 
um, of, of storage you want included in the ROI calculation. Uh, right now, for the most part, for, for we just 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 to have a number there, we use one month, but uh, three months I think is going to become a more accurate, um, and and that's that's just to address the ten percent increase in the storage fees for non-peak uh, months. So it's it's important to to sort of make that pivot, but at the same time you're going to probably start getting more frustrated when you're doing your sourcing. Because if you were, let's say you're getting one of our leads lists and um, out of 10 units, you're finding, you know, four units that, that maybe were, you could sell and was profitable and like everything fit in. There was on stock and you could get it. And so now instead of that four, you might be able to only get two or one. And it's more frustrating because of these additional fees. So the hope is that, well, the hope. Um, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but you know, inflation uh, sort of gets everybody. So if the cost is going up, then the prices are going to go up. If prices go up, then we should be able to, in, 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 a, in a perfect world, in a theoretical world, um, you know, a, a rising tide all raises boats. all boats. All so boats rising, yeah. So we should be able to sell at a higher price is what I'm trying to get to, right? But until the current mindset and inventory of all Amazon sellers, third-party sellers that are out there, they're selling at, you know, they're trying to get two cents uh, in profit and just to race to the bottom and just get the sale, sale, sale. Until they, that runs out, uh, it's going to be kind of, um, you know, expect to be frustrated a little bit when you're doing your sourcing, but uh, it's okay. Get through that, that hump um, because this is where, the long-term successful uh, entrepreneurs differ from the short-term, you know, they, they crash and burn type of entrepreneurs where they try it and then they, they give up and, and move on. So it's um, really about planning. This, it's, it's a calculation of your profitability and your ROI, and it's adding one more facet. So certainly from sourcing, it becomes more of a challenge, but it's a practice. You start getting into it, you're going to know where, where your numbers lie and know based on the leads list sort of what's it going to weigh, <laughs> what its dimensions, am mm-hmm. I sticking to bigger things, smaller, whatever, it'll become more practice. But it's that initial initial change in practice that separates Absolutely. the two groups that you were just talking about. And on, on this exact same topic as well, um, for sourcing, um, we all know that uh, shipping costs and logistics costs are, have gone up and they will continue going up. Um, you know, we had been teaching our clients um, for standard size items to estimate uh, shipping from your house or your prep center to Amazon of 30 cents per pound, oversized 50 cents per pound. Well, you now want to make sure that those estimates are still accurate. Um, you know, whenever you create a shipment, if, if, if a prep center is creating it for you, make sure you check uh, to see exactly you know, do spot checks, see how much per pound did you pay for a shipment to go out of standard size items? Is it still around 30 cents? If it's at 50 cents, well, now you have to change your estimated shipping to Amazon to 50 cents because otherwise you are sourcing products that you think are profitable, but they're not as profitable and maybe not even profitable at all. Uh, depending on your price point. So it's important to keep these these things and these shifts in mind because right now costs are going up across the board. And if we don't uh, try to control it and understand it and identify those costs that are affecting us and change our pricing and our sourcing strategies accordingly, 
uh, our, our business will not have a chance of success. Agreed. And so based on that, so number, number two, this is changing your practice, which is also planning ahead, right? You got to get ready for it and then do it. So number two falls into line, I would think in the same way. So what, what is number two? What are we looking at? Right. And number two is a very specific one. Uh, these uh, fee changes uh, are going to kick in January 18th, 2022, which means that if you, and Amazon has said that maybe they will uh, offer a free removal period for uh for sellers before then. Um, but what it means is that we want to make sure that if we have excess inventory sitting in inventory in Amazon warehouses, and we don't think that we're going to be selling them anytime soon, um, or uh, we want to pull them out and you know we don't want to keep them there, make sure you identify that inventory and make sure you get it removed, disposed of, or price it to sell as fast as possible. But definitely before January 18th, if you're doing the removal or the disposal, because you're, if, if you do it on January 18th or, or later, you're now paying you know, anywhere from 60 to 172% increase in those fees. So it's important to take the time and I know Q4 is, is we're dead smack in the middle of Q4 and everybody's sourcing, sourcing, sourcing. Um, and we want to continue paying attention to our sales in Q4 and, and, and really try to maximize it. But uh, it's also very important to prepare for what is, what is inevitable. It's going to come January 18th. So we want to make sure that if we have excess inventory sitting there and we want to remove them, we remove them now, or we remove them January 2nd or 3rd. You know, you don't want to wait till January 17th to, to do everything. Yeah. No more procrastinating. Most oh. of us know within our storefront, what items are sort of there and they all get to it. Now's the time, you know, don't, by the time, you know, end of the year rolls around, you should have made that decision and started moving that stuff out. Yep. Yes. No procrastination. Yeah. That, that's, January 18th, magic date. That's the magic date. And it's, it's an easy to remember second item. Absolutely. And so for three is uh, also maintenance, right? We're talking about a type of a maintenance of knowing your inventory in a way. It, it kind of goes in line with the excess inventory. Um, we want, because of the fact that Amazon now is going to start charging us for uh, a higher storage fee. We used to have long-term storage fees that's, that kick in at 365 plus, um, and that's at $6.90 per cubic feet, which is exorbitant. So you never want to have inventory over 365 days sitting in an Amazon warehouse. Um, but now, um, as of next year, they're going to start charging us $1.50 per square foot additional um, for any inventory that's sitting in their warehouses at 271 days through 364 days. So now it's important for us to make sure our products are sold before the 270 day mark. Um, so in order to do that, one of the best strategies that, that we would recommend is to have a tiered pricing strategy. What that means is our initial goal is always to have a turnaround time of 90 days, right? You, you buy the pro product, it goes in, and within 90 days, you sell it. If you sell it in 30 days, great. If you sell it in three days, amazing. But the goal is 90 days. So which means that you will have a, uh, uh, if, if, if all else was equal and you're able to do it at 90 days, that means you can turn each investment four times in a year. That compounding is going to have a huge impact on your, on your bottom, bottom line. But 
it's not reality. In reality, you're going to have products that are going to sit there for longer than 90 days for multitude of different reasons. But it's important that um, you check your inventory age and anything that is between 90 and 180 days uh, in inventory actually gets a second pricing strategy uh, than the first one. So anything that you send in up to 90 days, you're going to want to make the most ROI and get the sales as quickly as possible, but at a higher ROI. At 91 to 180 days, you're going to want to lower that ROI expectation because it didn't sell at the price you wanted it to sell. And you don't want it to sit there for much longer. So if your minimum ROI is 30%, lower it to 20%. If it's 50%, lower it to 30%. You know, whatever that strategy is, but have a strategy so that it's not the exact same thing for 1 to 90 versus 90 to 180. Um, and then from 180 to 270, you're basically in liquidation mode mm-hmm. because after 270, fees are really going to eat up a lot of your profitability. So you don't want to pay that $1.50 extra fee for storage. You don't want to pay the storage fees for 180 to 270 either. But if you can still get sales and profitability out of it, let's sell it. But it's liquidation time because before we were trying to liquidate at 270 to 365. Now it's one tier lower. So it's important to have a very uh, conscientious and conscious effort on ha- on setting st- uh, pricing strategies. If you're using a third-party repricer, you can set different um, different ways of setting the strategy, and depending on which repricer you're using. Um, and the easiest way is just Amazon's. Uh, you can look at your inventory health, or sorry, inventory age report, um, and you'll see exactly which products are uh, 90 to 180 days, which products are 180 to 270, etc. And you just choose those products and reset your repricers minimum based on that inventory age. So that, that tiered is being sensitive to time and the lever is your pricing. Yep. Absolutely. Gotcha. I'm excited about talking to you with number about number four, because it evokes something that we brought up a long time ago, which is our flywheel, which is for sourcing, but the flywheel can be part of your strategy for dealing with these increased fees too. You know, if you want to walk us through that, that'd be amazing. It, it, and it has to become that before, um, well, before COVID, you know, you could send in a thousand units of a product and uh, let, the, let it sell within 180 days, right? Six months worth of inventory, you could send it in and no, no major issues, right? Especially if it's a good selling product. Now, with the fees and the removal fees and the storage fees and all these additional extra fees, um, it's going that deep is not really feasible. Um, not un- unless you're a private label seller who with no competition. Um, but for us, it's important to now determine our sales velocity and our inventory management using the flywheel approach. And just a quick refresher on the flywheel approach for anyone who hasn't listened to our last or previous podcasts. And for us, the flywheel has um, four prongs. Uh, The first is uh, ordering from the source. The second is your house or your prep center. The third is on the way to Amazon. And the fourth is uh, FC transfer in inventory. So what that means is if you have a product that's selling well, you want to make sure that you turn on the spigot and this flywheel starts going So you order 10, 
that gets to your prep center. As soon as it hits the prep center, you order 10 more. And by the time that second 10 hits the prep center, prep center has prepped that 10 and it's now on FC transfer. Um, and by the time the FC transfer hits your account for sale, the other 10 is now on FC transfer. The other 10 has gone to prep center and then you order another 10 uh, or whatever that number is. And, and you keep this going until you see that your sale, that you're no longer getting the buy box. You're no longer getting the sales because somebody came at a lower price. So when that happens, you turn off the spigot, you stop, you wait everything, you let everything flow into your Amazon inventory. And then once sales starts again, um, you determine what your velocity is based on at that then current sales. And then, decide how many you want to turn on the spigot, decide how many you want to order at a time, whether it's weekly, daily, monthly, whatever that process is, but you want to make sure you have something going um, in each of those different parts of, um, of, the, uh, of the flywheel. So with before, you know, for something that was a 15,000 BSR selling really well, and you were getting, you know, 30 to 50 sales a month on it, uh, we would recommend having at least 15 to 20 units going at any different stage of the flywheel. Now, it might be better to have 10. Uh, you know, you have to reduce the number that you're sending. Um, but at the same time, there is a secondary strategy that could really come in handy now. And we, this, this is going to lead into our final uh, point. But Let's say you have a product that you find at 80% discount for uh, Black Friday or 50% discount on sale. You per, and you can get a thousand of it. You know you're going to sell it in the next year, but you don't want to incur all the fees or anything. So you still per, you can purchase all of that and then have it shipped to your house or your prep center and then have the flywheel start from the second prompt. So this way now, you don't have to continue ordering from there because the sale is going to go away or the source might run out of stock. You can, or if it's a wholesale account, you're, you've met the minimum order quantity, but you can now store it and just instead of four prongs, you have three prongs on, on, on the flywheel where you're going from your home or your prep center to Amazon's to FC transfer and then selling. Um, this way, uh, it, it and, and we'll get into it, but it also allows you to do um, one of the biggest strategy shifts that, that we need to be doing, which is going to be our number five point. You always leak into the next one. I like <laughs> it. But yeah, just to cap on, on four, it's almost like the flywheel. You're allowing another cog to be in there, one that um, controls and, and in a way delays. Uh, it, it gives you access to delay the inventory to meet whatever's happening at the, at the end of the flywheel on that next cog, which would be the sales portion of it. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, before now we could have, you know, on products that were selling well, we could have taken the time to and say, Oh, it's okay. It's going to sit there for maybe, you know, 120 days or something. Right. But now 120 days is going to cost a lot more, uh, 10% more than it did, um, or next year will cost 10% more than it does now. So yeah. um, it definitely, um, that 10% could eat at your bottom bottom line very quickly. And, so and it important. could be one of those things where you you uh, had a lot of inventory before of whatever this is, and it's the trailing end of that inventory ends up chewing up all of the good profits that you were taking in earlier on it. So definitely yes. want to be aware of the flywheel and, and where we're at. And you started to hint at it. So we might as well just jump right into the fifth point. Our last point, 
but there is a bonus at the end. But uh, yeah, the, the fifth point being something that you and I have been talking a lot about, especially with uh, the people that uh, are part of the coaching and the buying program, which is uh, fulfillment by merchant. And we just did a podcast on that not too long ago about, you know, the benefits of doing fulfillment by merchant. So you want to tell us how this is a solution for dealing with these increased fees? Uh, I yeah, absolutely. I, I see the FBM model being one of the biggest uh, shifts in the Amazon seller's business model going forward. Um, it's it's FBA is still good. FBA is still, still profitable. But um, right now, if if the current norms uh, continue into 2022 and beyond, um, FBM sellers are getting the buy box, which was one of the biggest perks of FBA, other than the customer service and and whatnot. Um, so you can still get the sales, um, but with the imp- with the increased fees and the removal fees and, and all these additional costs that we're incurring and what we just talked about as far as the flywheel and being able to purchase products you can find um, on sale or a discount or whatnot, having a, an a FBM um, strategy is, is absolutely crucial. And what that means is, in essence, you are ordering, let's say you order 100 units of a product, you ship 20 of them to Amazon, you, ha- you now have 80 sitting either in your garage or your prep center. Well, it's just two clicks and you, you now have an FBM um, listing on that product as well. And so at no point should you run out of inventory there. You, know, you want to send stuff to FBA for sure. And when it hits there, your your products will get sold at a much higher price than you can sell them on FBM. Just a quick refresher, um, about 80% of the searches on Amazon happen with the prime filter on. So if you have an, if you, that's why you want to ship FBA because all FBA uh, orders, uh, all, all FBA inventory is prime eligible. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't sell FBM. So you send FBA, you can charge something, you know, $85 FBA, you can sell it at a higher profit margin, but you can also sell it FBM at $75. Mm-hmm. It's, you're still getting your, your ROI, you're still getting the sales, you're still getting profitability. It's a little bit of a mo- more work. It's a little bit of a different um, strategy. Like you have to get out of your comfort zone if you're doing it yourself. Um, you have to manage the returns. There's going to be uh, customers who are going to try to cheat you. Um, but it's definitely worth it because you will get, uh, you should get significantly increased sales, especially for those times when you want, when you're out of stock in FBA inventory and, um, most prep centers, um, should and do offer FBM services. Um, if, if yours doesn't, you should talk to them about it, or maybe look to change to a prep center that offers FBM services, it's um, it's important. We're we're going to be doing um, uh, uh, a lot of a, a lot a number of additional informative episodes on FBM and on um, this whole flywheel approach and whatnot in the future. But um, because it's very important, the shift is is happening. Uh, you know where Amazon is going to sort of land in beyond twenty twenty two. Anybody can, nobody knows because we're still sort of reeling from the COVID era. 
but it's uh, things are changing and we need to be able to pivot and change with them and throwing the towel is one uh, is is one strategy you know just saying well i'm done with this uh, but that doesn't that's not success success is whenever a challenge pops its head up we try to find solutions for it and 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 try to overcome it and um, i think for these fee increases fbm is going to become one of those very uh, eventually a very profitable strategy that would add uh, to the to the arsenal for any Amazon seller. And I, I wouldn't invite anybody who's like can, seeing this coming and certainly changes, you know, attached to fear, but it's a dollar and cents analysis. You got to sit down and figure out what this really means. And that that's part of what we've been talking about. You're going to look at your flywheel. You're going to look at your pricing strategy. You're going to try to forecast what's going to happen. You're going to make sure you pull things out beforehand. Um, if the numbers don't fit for what you're doing, then absolutely you can fold up your tent. There's no shame in that. The game has changed. And I, I'm just to recapitulate this fifth item of doing FBM, I think is the long-term solution to this. I think that will be the long-term pivot, which is great for prep and pack centers. It's great for those who prefer to do FBM or they already have a warehouse. Um, that will be the shift. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't still do FBA. It doesn't still mean you can do, you know, smaller items. You don't have to send in the large items, but this shift is uh, yeah, dollars and cents. Sit down and write it, but wait, there's more to <laughs> <laughs> the music on that one. Uh, you had a bonus item. And uh, when we were talking about this before, I got really snarky. And my comment to Zuby when we were talking about this was, see, it's not all bad news. Amazon gave us something back. What did they give us back? <laughs> uh, yeah, they did. Um, small and light. Uh, they actually, it's it's a it's an interesting program. Reduced fees for lighter and uh, smaller uh, products, and um, it it used to be you know the product had to be minuscule for for it to fit, but now uh, it was it was I think it was twelve ounces was or sixteen ounces was where the small and light program. Uh, ended at um, but now they have changed it or they will be changing it to uh, up to three pounds so any product that uh, is up to three pounds will get reduced uh, and fits within the small and light program will get reduced uh, fulfillment fees and fba fees it's it's um it matters especially it's really big for um for those uh, private label sellers who have smaller products, it really is going to have a major impact for them if they're within the three pound, but above the 16 ounce level, it, they're going to see a drastic increase in their profitability. But it also matters for us as uh, arbitrage sellers, as wholesale sellers. Now, when we're sourcing and you find something that is less than three pounds, pay a little closer attention to it mm -hmm. because you're paying a lot less in fees. So, you don't need to sell it as at as high of a price to make more profit, right? It's 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 just a like like Leland was saying earlier, it's dollars and cents. If a product that you're purchasing for three dollars and selling for ten dollars, you can make a dollar off of it, or you purchase it for three dollars and sell it for six dollars and make two dollars off of it. Well, you definitely want that second one, even though your sales are down, your profitability is higher, and it's because you're. The only reason your profitability is higher is because you're paying less fees to Amazon. Um, and so it's important to have, to start focusing on small and light uh, items. Uh, maybe do a little research on exactly what fits within the small and light program, understand the fee structure for it. And then as you're sourcing, whether it's OA, 
um, or RA or even wholesale, when you start seeing products that have weight and dimensions that fit within the small and light program, take that brief pause and just double check it. Make sure that it's uh, the, the fees that are being calculated, whatever calculator you're using, are using the small and light fees. And if they are, maybe start ordering those because it, it could it could definitely have a positive impact on your uh, on your profitability. So we covered five plus one bonus item. And as you know, the new year rolls, I'm sure we'll update and uh, we'll have more information on how these things look. Um, as always, we appreciate those who join us. We're, we have a couple of different Facebook groups. And uh, of course, we're on uh, most of the media platforms. We have a little YouTube channel that continues to grow. So if you uh, not only want to hear us, you can also see us. And as always, uh, thanks for the, uh, the insights, Uvi. My pleasure. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for listening to the FBA Profits. Keep up to date with news, events, and all things FBA on their website, fbaprofits.us 